0: Drew's hurt. Your $100 million quarterback is down. Morale is low. And Tom gives a speech to the team, basically saying, like, believe in me. Let's get it together. i want to work my ass off. You're going to work your ass off. We got it. We got this. But for him to really come out and say that, takes a lot of balls. Because remember, trust is earned. What has he done really to earn that? Imagine saying that to the Willie McGinnises and the Teddy Brusky, like all these veterans. Tom gathered us around and like I
1: remember thinking, oh, look at the kid, he's trying. Yeah. <laughs> there we go, offense, red area, seven on seven.
0: For anyone that says, oh yeah, we knew Tom was going to lead us to victories, that's bullshit.
1: I mean, come on, this guy's never done anything for us before.
0: All right, I didn't have an intro for this, let's let's just do it. And are you ready for some football with the podcast that uh, is not today doing what it says in the tin? It's best film ever, but we are here today. Talking a little American football. We haven't even decided on order yet, but I'll start off. My name's Ian. I'm Ryan. And I'm Hermes. Hey, we got there in the end. We called an audible at the line of scrimmage. (laughs) I'm going to dust off all the football nomenclature I can get in. I'm calling this Dissecting a Dynasty. We're going to take a look at uh, Apple TV's uh, series Dynasty, the story of the New England Patriots during the Tom Brady Bill Billichick era. Uh, of the very early 21st century, and I sort of uh, threw into our uh, our Patreon sort of group chat and went, "Anybody up for this?" And I very quickly had two volunteers, so I'm very glad to have Ryan and to have Hermes uh, alongside. Our plan is uh, after the end of each Friday, where Apple TVs releasing a double episode, uh, we will then in turn release one of these episodes where we'll talk about the two episodes that. Uh, they dropped so uh first off ryan i think we we were just talking about it literally as we just connected first time i've ever seen your face
2: yes yes nice to see you too
0: yeah (laughs) Jeez. and uh i mean do you want to dust off the 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 big you just told me this you're far more qualified to be dealing with this than i
2: am do you want to explain why that is uh, yeah, so I've been a big Patriots fan pretty much since 01. I was about 12, uh, but I ended up working at Gillette Stadium for about 10 seasons. Uh, I have a Tom Brady goat tattoo. Uh, yeah, everything about me is Patriots. And New England sports in general, but Patriots, this whole dynasty was amazing.
0: Yeah, I can't get on board with the Bruins, but the Red Sox and the Patriots <laughs> all day long. Absolutely. Um, Hermes, now you famously don't do our fantasy football, so I was surprised to... Uh, to Have you throw your hat in the ring? I was I was driving around getting some supplies today, going, Hang on, he doesn't do fantasy football. I didn't think he was a football guy. Uh, set, set up I, a score here.
1: What, what is it? I used to be a big football guy, especially when I was playing, you know, like high school time frame, all into college is when I got, you know, naturally big time to be into the sport. And then, uh, I, same thing with baseball and everything, I just never understood. The aspect of fit fa- the fantasy side of it the only reason i was into it was the playing side of it so then watching it was just like this secondary thing so when i stopped playing it i was like um it's losing its appeal here it's getting more crazy like more tribal just is an instigator for fights i was just like i think i'm gonna step back from football and then i really got off the wagon after the uh because my unlike unlike ryan repping the colors over there i was a uh denver bronco fan through and through when i was uh Living in the Colorado, Wyoming area. And I was probably like four or five when they first went to the Super Bowl. Uh, what was it with? Um, Is this Elway? Exactly. Yeah. With Elway and then again with Manning. And so when I got off the train with Manning, I was like, you know what? That's a good place to stop. I'm going to, I'm not going to sit through another 15, 20 years of this shitty well, team. Jesus. Oh. So I, I, kind of I,
0: I think, I think as, a, as a Patriots fan, I definitely hear your. Uh, here, you're thinking about getting off maybe when the getting off's good, but I just can't. I actually told my friends this. Um, I've, I'm involved in a, a fantasy football league with my teacher friends who I went to teacher's college with, and it's been 12 years, and it's the one thing we do that sort of keeps us talking. But I said, you guys have been overselling this. I said, it's real easy to root for a bad team, I think, because it's the hope that kills you. So I think I'd much rather cheer for a team who you know on game five is going to be out and not making the playoffs this year than a team who's bringing you close and you're biting your nails and, and, and burns you. That's what that's what would Bobby. I got a friend who's a, who's a Niners fan. I think I would much rather have had the, the Patriots season than the Niners season, if I'm being honest, all things considered. But maybe I can say that because we've got those six rings.
2: <laughs> it's a lot less stress. Like during all uh, Patriots Super Bowls, I'm like, that. Every game takes off like tears of my life in those Super Bowls. There
1: we are. Sure. It's a, a room for
2: a bad team. There's no stress at all. Oh, at all. So,
0: yeah, I look forward to sharing some personal stories, actually, and, and, and <laughs> definitely, Ryan, getting yours as we talk about some of these these specific key moments. Um, I, also, cause anybody who's from Canada, the question's always, how have you become a fan of a team? You are, because there's no real geographic, really rationale for it some people are buffalo bills fans because i guess they might be technically the closest team but you're crossing a boundary a nation no matter what so my story is absolutely ridiculous but i'm going to share it and it's i'm on vacation with my mother and my sister in maine and i'm 11 maybe 12 and i'd moved from england to canada about i don't know three years prior and then I was going through somewhere in Massachusetts on the way there, and I saw there was this team called the New England Patriots. <laughs> and no word of a lie, that's it. I'm in. I'm 100% in till the day I die on the Patriots, because that's that sounds like where I'm from that's going to be. And I had the little guy, was sort of sort you of know, getting ready to, to hike the ball, and uh, it was right at the cusp of the Drew Bledsoe era starting. So that's... I'm aging myself there and letting kind of people see behind the curtain, but, uh, that's my start. So when anybody goes, Oh, you, you've, you've come from overseas. Oh, well, you just chose the winning. No, no, I, I suffered with some bad teams for about a good decade before, before the glory started to happen. So I'm just going to sort of start off by, by saying that. So, uh, we, we, we sort of covered if we're NFL fans. We've sort of covered who our team is. My next question was going to be about vivid NFL memories, but for Ryan and I, that's what this documentary is probably going to establish. So I thought like Hermes, I mean you've talked about the Super Bowls, I guess the back-to-back always and then uh Peyton's
1: Peyton's last one that he gets. Well, back-to-back and one that he I mean completely dropped the first time, which is the one that I was going to get off board with when it was the Seahawks and I remember that very specifically. And they got was, smoked. Uh, yeah. Well, and and as far as memories go the Patriots were some of the bad ones. I remember, you know, playoff chances, yeah. wild card chances, just every damn. it. Talk about, I mean, maybe we're giving it slightly getting ahead of ourselves, but part of the villain arc, I guess, yeah, yeah. that some people went on and that this documentary touches on is, uh, yeah, that was me. I, you guys were the villains for a for a good four years in a row. Well, I'll tell you,
0: like, like, like a Patriots fan, I probably had a second favorite team, and that's whoever was playing Peyton Manning that week.
2: Was <laughs> i'm with you there yeah
0: those, those are two teams because i really didn't want to you know as much as tom did pretty well going head to head i i definitely didn't want to if we if we can avoid peyton that that's the preference you know what i mean if someone else okay. can do that
1: please yeah. especially during his Colts years so, i mean those were those were his years that
0: was the thing where you went statistically peyton manning's gonna be the greatest quarterback of all time but you kind of went well we've got two or three super bowls maybe we can sort of run that angle and then Tom helped us out by getting three more, and that was all right. <laughs> all right. Such is. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, the next two are about expectations about this series. So uh, I completely, I think I heard about it a while ago and completely forgot about it, because like everything else on Apple TV, on this side of the pond anyway, there's no promotion about anything. Stuff just drops, and we go, oh, oh okay, that, that, that that's a thing. So did you have any, I guess Ryan's different because of of where you're located. I imagine it got a lot of press, but what were your expectations for this series? Or did you hear a lot about it going into Apple's debut of this on Friday? Uh,
2: like you, I kind of forgot about it. I heard about it a while ago when they first announced it. Uh, I don't live in New England right at the moment, so I didn't see any press for it. Uh, I just happened to be going through Apple TV. I saw it. I was on it. I was like, oh my God, I got to watch this. Uh, I'd watched the, the Tom Brady's whole like six uh, six episode special on ESPN. So I was like, Oh, do we really need another one? Uh, but I think this is going to be more Patriots and not so much. Just Tom Brady. Yeah.
1: That was just I got to.
0: Oh, okay. Um, yeah. To be honest, I'm sitting here completely unaware that ESPN did a six episode. Yeah. All those ESPN specials are 30s for 30. Like none of that. Yeah. Over here. So I go, Oh, that, that, that's a thing. All right. And then I think the comparable, if you're Apple TV, the only thing that's sort of in the ballpark that you're really trying to eclipse is surely it's got to be, you got to be talking about the last dance. It's what it feels a lot like. Uh, If either of you guys seen the last dance. Yes,
1: I have. Mm -hmm. Yep. I was thinking of the whole time I was watching episode one too. It was like, I I know exactly the structure they're going to be going after for this for sure. That's why when you mentioned in this, in the uh, group chat, I was like, yeah, it sounds, it feels better to say dynasty rather than focus on Belichick or on Brady because this is more. It feels like the uh, this full story of a full team.
0: Yeah, you know me. I'm just trying to get that search engine thing to go right. So that's all. About, that's all. That's about. But I, I, I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, be all right there. Yeah. And so the whole time I'm watching this or thinking this, I'm like, if this is structural like the Last Dance, that's a really really interesting way, and the fact they've called this season one, so is there going to be a run of these uh, on various teams or various whatever shows, or maybe that's just the way Apple TV's launching it as it goes, but it does come up as season one, episode one. So whether they're going to sort of plan other ones down the line, I don't know, but it's hard, because these things don't appear just out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, okay, How, many, that's a good how many great
0: sports rivalries are there? You've got the early tw- the late 20th, early 21st century Yankees.
1: I think I'm running out of a list.
0: Maybe the early 2000s Detroit Red Wings,
1: maybe. You could also do you could you could do different um I guess angles. I mean, yeah, if the last dance started with in a similar fashion like the Dynasty does here. Maybe you could even spin it for like a season 2 of like underdog stories or something, you know, yeah. those that was think of the Lions. That's what I think of during this whole time frame. They were bottom of the barrel for a while before they went up. All the
0: way. I mean, and the, the NFL Network's been doing it with uh, hard knocks for quite a number of seasons, and it's always kind of an underdog story as far as that goes. And then the Prime did all or nothing, where they follow a team for a season. But I mean, there's that. But this is just such the production values on this. I think are significant are are, are, are profound. Another level beyond what with them is kind of you know it's like ordering a pizza. Um, you know, it happened this week. Get it out there so we can broadcast it, so we don't lose that window. Whereas this, I think, is designed to be an evergreen kind of property where, you know, you'll watch this ten ten years down the line to remember the great dynasty that
1: was. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and 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 like you said, with the production value though, where did a lot of this stop, This like cam footage and things come from? Because that was something that I'd never seen before. I mean, again, I I fell off the NFL wagon for a good five or so years recently where maybe some of this has been making its rounds elsewhere, but I had never seen any of this like, you know, uh, Brady in his first, uh, condo or whatever it was like a lot of these, like behind the scenes, insider scoops, if you will. Yeah. Intimate, you know, it's, it's similar to the last dance though, but that was just prior to phones. This yeah. was like as phones and social media and everything was coming out. NFL you know,
0: films stuff, are, 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 pro, are, are, uh, well-known for just having footage of everything if they can film it they do it now imagine how are they you know cataloging all this so you can pull it that's the thing so the issue used to be because i teach some of this when i teach um, documentary filmmaking the issue used to be how do we film enough footage but in a digital world the issue is more we have infinite footage (laughs) but how do you go back through it and make sure you can find what you want
1: I mean, especially those camcorder days. Jeez. Yeah. yeah.
0: Those those uh, press conference rooms, they've all got those giant tripods and those massive camcorders. <laughs> I was like, wow, I forgot that's how these things used to look.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let's,
0: let's go. I'm going to call it, rather than deep dive, I'm going to call it, let's go into the huddle, shall we? So <laughs> uh, we start, and this is a very, very, so the first episode is called Backup Plan. And um, it's it's after a very brief, almost trailer again for the start of it. We jump into it in 1994 and they're sort of choosing to sort of start the narrative with uh, we really have three principal players in this in this first couple episodes, at least I'd say. And the first one is 1994. Let's meet Robert Kraft because he's buying the Patriots um so i didn't know he was a local boy um they, they went to which is weird i've been a patriots fan for as long as i know i didn't know robert Kraft was a local guy maybe that's because in the nature of the way i will watch football and 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 how i would uh uh consume patriots material it'll be on national broadcasts and maybe that wouldn't be as relevant of a point to bring up ryan as you were living in that region I'm i'm assuming everybody knew he was a local boy
2: uh, yeah, I mean, his wife uh, was from the city I'm from, so we all kind of knew he was from the area. Okay. Um,
0: men, and they def- definitely do not uh, shy away from sort of trying to present Boston as a tough sports town, you know, a, a town where where the fans are a bit chippy. Uh, I think everybody's playing for second place behind Philly, at least as far as the representation that I've seen before. But if someone wants to disagree with that comment, I'm more than willing to, to yield the floor. <laughs>
2: I feel like Boston was way it was up there more before we won so much. <laughs> I think we got a little bit spoiled and kind of lost lost something when we won.
0: Uh, there was a great, it, pardon the wrestling aside for a minute. There was a great promo once that CM Punk did with John Cena where he says. You guys and the Boston Red Sox and the New England Patriots, you turn into everything you hate. You are now the New York Yankees. You are now the evil empire. You've lost that relatability. And I think uh, there may be something uh, to go there. And, hey, uh, the biggest name I saw in the first episode as far as outside in the entertainment world, Bill Burr got in this.
2: (laughs) I was not (laughs) expecting to see Bill Burr show up on this episode. (laughs) <laughs> anything with Boston you get Bill Burr Ben Affleck or Matt Damon <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm assuming if we get
0: through this whole run and we don't see that we don't see uh Ben or or Matt I'll be heavily disappointed I really really will um and then we meet I guess one of the central figures actually for this episode we meet Drew Bledsoe and I remember when Drew Bledsoe w- w- was drafted, but you know they make him out to be the All American quarterback. He's if you could design a quarterback in a league, Drew Bledsoe is what would come out the other side. He's big. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's a good looking kid, uh, and he's going to sign a ten year, one hundred and three million dollar contract. And this is back in two thousand when those numbers were even more obscene than they sound today. Um, so. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any memories? I know I'm the old guy in the room. Do either of you have have any memories of Drew Bledsoe when he was a Patriot?
2: Uh, I just remember hearing the name Drew Bledsoe. Everybody had Drew Bledsoe jerseys. Uh, I was still young, not really into football at the time, but everyone, all I did was talk about Bledsoe. Remember
1: seeing all those 11 jerseys? 11, yeah. See, that's uh, similar, but I remember, I didn't remember the name Bledsoe until the documentary. I was like, that's right. That was who... Right. that's right like it it kind of jogged it's like but that was it i didn't i didn't have any other you know context with it
0: now something this documentary chooses to ignore and i'll say ignore because we didn't hear a, a, a peep of it the patriots do go to the 97 super bowl with drew bledsoe as their quarterback
2: yeah and with bill belichick
0: as a coordinator yeah so so yeah. so you know so we we get this idea that kind of like the Patriots or the Chicago Cubs, and it's like, oh, shucks, you know, oh, we've been horrible forever, but maybe, I'm like, no, no, you guys went to a 97 Super Bowl. I was in high school when we went to the Super Bowl. A very casual fan, but I knew it was them and the Packers, and I watched the game, and they were definitely a different class than, than I'll use the pronoun we, than we were. Um, but, you know, it was the idea that this was a team kind of on the rise, um, so I, but they definitely aren't going to mention that because it gets in the way of a narrative that even though they're going to, it's kind of a bit in, in, in Barbie where they, where Margot Robbie says, I, we know how ironic it is to make in the statement when Margot Robbie plays Barbie, but she feels ugly too. And I'm like, hang on, you can't be the whole, they said, well, Tom, isn't the reason we want everything, but this, this kind of narrative is structured around Tom's the reason why we want everything.
1: Oh, that's a good point. So, again, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, It frames the story as it's the wake of 9-11 and football. Robert Kraft even says football would play a part in the healing of the nation. And I'm going to yield to the two American guys on the pod and say, what do you think about that?
2: Hmm. Uh, He definitely has a point. I mean, right from 9-11, there was no sort of gatherings. And I know the NFL took that week of of 9-11. They canceled all the games. So that that first week back was like one of the first times, you know, people were all together in such
1: big crowds like that. And the heaviness, I'd, I mean, I'd say they did it well. I did, they did it respectfully. Uh, I wouldn't say that, like there was a problem, but I think it was one of those like, just like uh, not mentioning 97 was maybe an oversight. I also think that, again, not being on the East Coast when 9-11 happened, I wonder if it wasn't. Maybe a little cheap, or like maybe was it drawing too heavily on? Because again, I was, but I, I wonder if like being in the stadium was that heaviness something that was then alleviated by the sport, you know, by taking your mind off of things for? I don't know, but and I, again, I was probably even a little younger than than uh, most who nine eleven impacted the way it did. So yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know.
0: I guess a permission for. Life to start it, it's okay to go back to normal it's okay to go to a football game it's okay to have fun it's not disrespectful, but we need to do this together um, It's difficult because I was in Canada at the time and we're and we're definitely affected where there's a lot of I don't know if we're culturally cousins or brothers or whatever the word we want to sort of sort of frame on it but we share a lot of elements of culture uh, so much so that I think sometimes that line's becoming a bit nebulous but it would be it, w- it would be unfair of me to suggest that our experience would be the same as as an american experience so we got our version of it but it was a diet like all our stuff shut down as well but i think we were doing it out of solidarity rather than um rather than mourning something that happened to us directly
1: if that makes any sense yeah out of respect not as much of um, like first hand experience kind of a yeah. thing
0: yeah, we're going to stop out of respect for our brother who's going through something right now. Right. Nice. Yeah, it was. Uh, but, yeah, this notion of it's okay to gather. It's okay it's okay to do things. And then football's going to happen. And we get told in the voiceover that the Patriots were 5-11 and the year before, and they're already 0-2 or on the way to 0-2. And I will – someone asks Drew in the uh, – he's doing a talking head spot. He's in the studio. And he says he's at his best when he's up against it. And the producer says, yeah, I've heard the same thing from Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. And God bless Drew Bledsoe when he goes, yeah, I'm often and put in that company.
1: <laughs> he even put himself at the top, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. I th-
0: I thought Drew came off really good in the, in the in-studio the stuff. I felt uh, the benefit of hindsight. He knows his place in, in this story and uh, could have easily just not participated. But I thought he was a, he, he came off really well.
1: I can't disagree with that at
0: all. Yeah. Um, Bledsoe then scrambles to his left, and I'm thinking, he's much quicker than I remember Drew being. (laughs) I remember Drew just kind of being, because I remember the bit about him getting hit all the time. I absolutely remember that. But I'm like, oh, he's moving all right. And man, does he take a hit? And this is when Robert Kraft starts talking about how close this bond is between him and Drew Bledsoe. And it was kind of like finding out that daddy had a had a, a son from a previous marriage. I was like, wait, what? Because you see all those photos over the years and all that video of Kraft and Tom Brady and the relationship that they have. But to find out he had fostered a very close relationship with Drew Bledsoe to the point where one of Robert Kraft's sons says he's like he's like a fifth son to my dad.
2: I did not know that. I didn't even realize Kraft had four sons. <laughs> <laughs> i only know the one
0: <laughs> yeah the one the one who's always in the box with him right yeah so um but he says i don't know um, gentlemen am i jaded because they're going to think he got and, and bledsoe's wife saying the same thing too he got hurt working for us and i'm going you're paying him 102 million dollars i mean as far as the risk reward element goes he's been compensated for this now I know NFL contracts aren't guaranteed, so you could cut him if it ended up badly. But he'll have done okay in some measure from his partnership with the New England Patriots. Not wishing his death, not that, but just the idea if he has to retire, you are playing American football. That is part of the uh, risk reward
1: sort of outcome possibility.
2: Yeah, I feel you with that. It's football; people get hurt. It just—it's a risk you take.
1: Yeah, and, and the fact—I wonder if uh, the contracts look differently now than they did at the time when it comes to like injury uh, cuts, because that is, I mean, it's part of the contract. That was something that uh, in college I learned pretty quickly. You can get a scholarship, but that if you're not, if you don't complete everything that's in the scholarship, as far as athletics go, then your scholarship for everything else goes as well. So like maybe a hundred million dollars is for 12 games. And if you only played five, does he get 50? Or does he get twenty five? Like what? Oh, I don't know man. how that would have worked, but maybe, maybe I want, I wonder if some of the, especially with CTE now, has uh, changed since then.
0: I know there was a thing where they sat Russ, they sat Russell Wilson in the previous year. They sat uh, Derek Carr
1: out in uh,
0: Oakland or Vegas. I don't know. This was the first year in Vegas, wasn't it? So it would have been yeah. okay. And they sat them the last few games because if they got injured, then the team would have been on the hook for next year's salary. But if they didn't get injured, if so, if you could just put them on the side and wrap them in bubble wrap and not play them, then you could cut them at the end of the year and save that money. So there must be that's 2023. Yeah. But so so I don't know what the deal would be with if you're injured. How much of that is still available to you? Surely I don't think the contracts would be so bad that if you get hit and you get hurt, they're going well. You're cut. C L A. Surely there's got to be some sort of insurance.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I would be curious. Pre, I mean, when he signed that, it was, was it two thousand or was it, uh, was it that same year, two thousand one? I can't remember Shut if up. it touched yeah. on it specifically. But yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be very curious if it's like, yeah, because you know, we went to the Super Bowl or we're trying to do the Super Bowl. That's like the entire agenda here. We think you're the best bet we have for that, so we're willing to give this to you. But it needs to be twelve games or it needs to be fifteen or whatever it is. I don't know. That'd be something I might need to do some research on to expand on this if Apple doesn't cover it for my my own little nitpicky things. There you
0: go. Um, The doctor or a doctor says his lung was filling up with blood because I guess a, a piece of his bone cracked and pierced the lung. And untreated, he would have died. Now, I'm, I'm all for hyperbole and making something set but there's no way as a professional athlete it was going to be untreated. It wasn't like <laughs> they weren't going to let the $100 million man go home and be like, how do you feel? Like, he, if anybody was in the safest place to not die, it's Drew Bledsoe. That would think so I, mean, yeah. I that's
1: a pretty quick diagnosis you're not you're,
0: you're not letting them walk home are you like <laughs> if anything a professional athlete if you had hit in any capacity they're going to take you and do and do the relevant tests on you
1: uh, yeah you know yeah. <laughs> but again cte and everything now yeah. I mean, there's plenty of controversy out there with pump them full of steroids and see how you know hope it go, keeps going kind of a thing keep the engine running
0: Um, He's likely gone for the season, and they're going to have to turn to 24-year-old Tom Brady. And one of my favorite quotes that came from uh, some talk radio or some sports news on TV, quote, the spotlight's going to be on this guy. Let's see if he can produce. And dramatic irony is a wonderful thing because we all get to watch this fully knowing what the story is. I would love if I could find someone who was in a cave and knew nothing about this and could sit them down and go, Let's take a look at a story of a guy named Tom. That's all I'm going to tell you. Let's see how it works out for him, how their reaction might be to all this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love I love that about sports, though. Same thing with The Last Dance, when you have that little bit of knowledge, and then you see, I mean, all the pundits, was it, whether it was at the end of one or two of episode two, just all the writers and everything, just doubting this, doubting that, talking crap about, oh, that is one of the sweet joys of things like this.
0: Yeah, one of the, um, I I used to teach media studies and one of the things we used to teach the students was that um, there are certain types of what they call pleasures you can get out of a media text and one of them is audience superiority where you feel like you're smarter than a character or a presence in a text it can be be fiction it can be non-fiction and one of the easy ways to do it is situations like this where we know the story so when they go this tom brady kid i'm not sure he'll amount to much we get to go oh you stupid man you don't know what i know he's 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 going to be a bit better than average i would say (laughs) so there we are um and so then we get and I, i even love this the way they had brady sit down into the chair no one else got the sit down shot but brady gets the sit down shot when he sits down here and then he looks up and you're like oh it's tom and he explains he says hey for coach belichick if you're in you're in for a week that's all you're gonna get and uh, he says nobody and uh and then we also meet bill belichick who goes no one's entitled to anything you gotta work and perform each week and uh Um, One of the offensive linemen, Damian Woody, said Brady gave a speech to the team to say, hey, believe in me. And that's a ballsy move for a 24-year-old rookie to say, strap on, boys. If you believe in me, I got you.
2: Yeah, I like to be followed up saying, you know, you got to earn that trust. And Brady's just this rookie. Nobody really knows. (laughs) And he's saying this. Which I appreciate it because we've heard so much
0: at least I imagine we ha- I have and I'm sure you have Ryan. I'm not sure ha- I'm not sure how much of it is patriots funneled or if it is in the in, in the mass consciousness but we've heard so many of these stories of Tom Brady's insane belief in himself before it was refreshing to kind of get the part where Brady leaves the room and then have him go yeah we all thought he was he was just crazy there's 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 there's, there's, there's no way
2: yeah absolutely we I feel like as a patriots fan we really hear just Tom's story not so much The truth. That's a good way of putting it. Um, Teddy Brewski's
0: a, a, a little patronized. And he goes, what has he done to earn that? But then he goes, for anyone to say they knew Tom was going to lead us to victories. That's bullshit. This guy's hey. never won anything before. And I wrote down a timestamp because I might use that to intro the episode because that was, uh, that was fantastic. And we cut to Tom's first game with the Colts, which only seems poetic. I was like, how perfect is this? His first game is Peyton Manning in the Indianapolis Colts. His first start shot, anyway. Yeah and uh we get told sometimes it takes tragedy to bring a team together and they destroy them 44 13 and tom's very quick to go don't think it's because i was a stellar quarterback i wasn't i went and looked up his stats for this game he went 13 for 23 for 168 yards no picks no touchdowns he was just a hand the ball off brock purdy week two kind of quarterback
2: that's a game manager right there. that's all he was go in there it's like and a lot of a lot of big
0: name hall of fame guys start off that way ben roethlisberger started off as a game manager slash Stewart goes down they're like just don't get picks that's all we ask and the, and they develop into something now I, I i would like to state for the record i feel that tom brady's several launches above ben roethlisberger despite his hall of fame career well done big ben um but yeah he's his job is literally is hand the ball off and don't make any stupid mistakes and then we cut to one year earlier in the NFL combine. And this is the another one of those shots. If you're familiar with the Tom Brady narrative, you've seen the shots of him standing beside his nameplate. He looks like he's just had half a lasagna. Um, he's, he's, he's not a physically impressive character. Uh, Ty Law says he came in as a goddamn nobody rookie. <laughs> and we get footage of the combine and i didn't catch the guy's name but an offensive lineman teammate of his who was also a rookie that same year said David he David Nugent Oh, Dave okay, excellent yeah. said said he was like a baby giraffe running around <laughs> and you know what 100% nailed the, the simile that's exactly what he looks like so there's nothing looking at him where you'd go if you look at just basic you know arm strength the the, the eye test you're looking at him going There's nothing remarkable about him. Like, sure, does he deserve to be an NFL quarterback? Apparently so. But there was nothing where you look at him and go, every team got, oh, how could they be so foolish? He he just looks like a guy. So I don't know exactly... um, but that's kind of, again it's part of the lore of tom brady and uh he gets drafted and they didn't mention how many was but i think it's like seven quarterbacks go before tom brady is that right
2: uh, I, th- I think it's six the brady six, six. the brady six yeah because
0: there's, yeah. there's been a documentary on those six guys and yeah. none of them made it past yeah. the third year in the league or something like that
2: yeah i think the most successful was like mark Bolger one went that's seven seasons yeah. yeah and uh and,
0: and then Brady's sitting there going, and that's what he's got that same chip on his shoulder that Michael Jordan does. You know what I mean? Like in the last dance when he leaned forward and go, and that ticked me off. And that was all I needed. <laughs> same idea here where Tom's often gone. I kept track of every one of them and I just sat there and, and, and sort of made a note of, of, of what happened. So, and before anybody thinks the Patriots are geniuses for drafting this guy, they did pass on him five times. Just, just, just to put that out there. <laughs> And he's the fourth-string quarterback in training camp. And Bledsoe says, shares some stories and says in training camp he was like an eager little puppy. And they pulled pranks on him. And they talk about how they put this uh, FBI dye in his socks. And the minute you perspire a little bit, it stains drastically. And so he had purple feet. And as a result, uh, you know, and, and we do have some footage of him kind of doing some stretches going, you know, I don't know who, who did this, who did this. And I think one of the linemen are going, I don't know who did it, but I'm not telling you anyway. <laughs> and, and and they're just busting his chops, but they cut to Bledsoe and he's going, I had, this was not the guy I was worried about. <laughs> when I think about people who I was worried about taking my spot, wasn't it? He was the fourth string quarterback. Yeah. And uh, they're living in a truck stop. He and uh, the offensive lineman, N- Nugent, was it? Yeah, Nugent. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, until they make them a team and then Brady buys a condo. And there's a great story about Ty Law selling him a condo. Okay.
2: I I, I love that story because I'd heard the story in the past that, you know, Ty Law gave him a deal on this condo. So then you hear Tom Brady's side of it <laughs> saying he didn't get any deal. He got fleeced on it. That mm-hmm. was That was a good detail. Yeah.
1: No, it it adds that humanity and the and the camaraderie that, <laughs> that I miss of sports so much is that mm-hmm. little that back and forth.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it makes them seem like real human beings, individuals as well. It gives them a sense of accessibility, right? Tom's excited mm-hmm. that he's got a pool table and a TV. I'm like, yeah, I'd be pretty excited about a pool table <laughs> and a TV as well. But 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 for him to go, yeah, you know, Ty Law's going. I'm going to go tell Tom he still owes me 150k, mm-hmm. and and Tom's like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> he fleeced me. He left me a TV, but he robbed me blind. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that. Um, we um, so he uh, we, Nugent continues to talk about living with Tom, and we get stories about playing Tech Mobile and how Tom. Man, I'd hate to be Tom's roommate if I was doing this <laughs> that with him, purposely like causing the game to reset. He and I would not have been friends throughout the month. Um so Tom doesn't like to lose my question for you guys is, are either of you good losers
1: mm, i've gotten
0: better at it. I will say <laughs> <laughs> i'll agree, but I'm still not a good loser. I'll admit to that quite openly
2: i'm am a pretty good loser at this point. I just <laughs> so I know I'm going to lose. just accept it. <laughs> move uh, on. I'm on to the next thing
0: um and so Tom was telling Nugent, he knew that when his moment came, he'd be ready for it. And now we jump to uh, Tom's third start. a come from behind victory over what was that point called the San Diego Chargers. 29-26. Uh, he does pretty well in this. He throws for 364 yards and two touchdowns. So you're going, okay, actually, that's, that's, that's a really strong game. Uh, a little known fact: When I was looking up the box score, I saw the opposite quarterback was one Mister Doug Flutie, which I'll just <laughs> mention. as a, as, a, as a as a Canadian kid, Doug Flutie's a legend in Canada for what he's done in the Canadian Football League.
2: So. I was once on a, I was once on a flight with Doug Flutie. Oh!
1: <laughs> are
2: you are you was, Forrest Gump? Is that what this is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the airport going back to Boston one time, and I look over. I was like, that guy looks like Doug Flutie. And not two minutes later, he had a San Diego Chargers visor on. I was like, there he is. (laughs) Did he have
0: short hair? Did he have like glorious Doug Flutie long hair at the time? Uh,
2: It was was shorter, but Uh it's still very nice hair. (laughs) Love
0: me some Doug Flutie. Um, And so they're already starting to talk Brady versus Bledsoe. And, um, Boston Globe columnist Bob Ryan says it's back to Bledsoe once Drew comes in. He's, he's really slamming this other, uh, analyst for suggesting it's going to be a controversy. And, uh, we find out that Tom took, uh, some of the defensive linemen out or something like that. And he said to them, I ain't giving this shit back. I, I'm not doing it. And he walked off to get some more beers. And they went from going, that's the spirit to like, yeah, this is the NFL. You're going back to the bench, son. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and so that's put to the test. Drew is cleared and, uh, he anticipates he'll be the starter again. And he phones Belichick who says, well, I'll just get here and we'll see how it goes. And Drew's like, oh, and so he's recounting the story for us. And it's such a well-told thing. Cause I feel a little bit of sympathy for Drew, even though I know how the story ends for everybody. Uh, I, I, I do feel a bit of sympathy for Drew because you're forced him to sit down and tell me the story. So how can he not be, uh. A little bit like that. But Belichick names Tom the starter against St. Louis. And Jackie McMullen, never columnist from Boston, talks about the unwritten rule, which is if you get hurt, you don't lose your job. You come back and you continue to get your job, which Doug Flutie would ironically have the opposite happen. He got injured and he lost his job as well. So uh, that was the Bills. So it does happen occasionally, but um, that's typically the rule. Uh, and Drew refuses to answer questions. And he's, I don't know. I, my question is, how do you think Drew came off in the archival footage? Because he's asked and he goes, I look forward for the chance to compete
2: for my job. Hmm. Yeah, I think he came off very bitter when he wouldn't answer qu- certain questions. And I, that's one of those things I feel like was lost at history in the past 25 years. People forget how bitter and like how mad he was at the time.
1: Well i mean how can you not be i mean in the moment especially that's why I, I think the how he comes off in studio is is uh is great because you see he's like had time to process and get over and you know like and and come to terms with everything but in the moment you're a hundred million dollar quarterback how can you not be? You know, and that's not to say that's easy. So I can imagine he put in a lot of work, a lot of time, and has a lot riding on this. And to have something like that, just a freak accident, so to speak, um, especially like as far as injuries in the NFL go, it, take him completely out of the of the picture, of the question, of the conversation. It's like, wow, I, I would be. I, I understood it. Yeah, sympathy. I think is is putting it mildly. I can
0: imagine Drew Bledsoe's been the starter on his team since he was about eleven years old. I can imagine he's never been told to go to the bench. And then to go because some guy hit you, something out of your control, something that if I didn't get hit, now, we find out later, they sort of, now, is it is it, is it, is it a retcon? I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. But they talk about the concerns they had with Drew. But, yeah, he comes back, and he plays some, some moral high ground, as does his wife. Yeah. Hey, he he got hurt working for your football club. Yeah, and back to the point, yes, and, and he's paid very well for that because mm-hmm. uh, it's professional sports, and and the job is professional. Um, you know, and and the Belichick way seems to be you know earn it and earn it weekly. So, um, but that that that's where we go there. And Drew and the, the whole time this is going on they get this great two shot and drew and Tom's lockers are right next to each other. And I don't know. I'd be trying to avoid eye contact. Tom's just, I don't know if he's just blissfully unaware or if, um, I, I mean, he's probably just that mentally strong that he doesn't, he doesn't give a toss.
2: Well, I love to, Then you know, Bledsoe is talking about how he's upset and the camera just pants to Tom Brady with that grin on his face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and and so uh, Mrs. Bledsoe thinks there's no loyalty and Robert Kraft even says and this is now Robert Kraft says Drew was treated unfairly and it's like wow that's a uh, that's a statement to make 25 years later
1: I don't know I think that's easy I I think that's a positional like a a conversation or or even a, a statement that can be said from a specific position because again yeah this is hundreds of I mean now billions and billions of dollars we're talking about here so and like you said it's professional just like anything else it's a job you have to you have to do your job for the whole company if that's what the NFL is which yeah it's corporation and each team is like their own little company you got to do your job that's your job so it's unfortunate that you can't do your job but that's still a business it's still a job
0: uh, on that note, Robert Kraft meets with Drew and then it says he'll talk to Bill Belichick, but ultimately leaves the call down to Belichick, which is I mean, I hate it. I think we all hate it when owners get involved on that level. It's like, you know, the 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 Jerry Jones effect, if you will. The George that, that Steinbrenner was, effect.
2: Yeah. That was my thought watching this too. I was like, if this was the Cowboys, Jerry Jones would have made that decision. Well, Blitzer would have been playing. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that was the argument why Ezekiel Elliott yeah. got all the carries last um, yeah. his last year in Dallas was because Jerry was saying, "I'm paying him too much money. You will give him the ball." Yeah, yeah. So uh, we we get a lot of stuff from uh, someone I really liked in the in these two episodes, Scott Pioli, the VP of Player Personnel, because Lord knows you weren't getting any personality from Mr. Belichick. So <laughs> <laughs> he showed up. He answered some questions, but we got a lot more of Scott than we did of Bill. <laughs> and he said look if we, i said, i told bill if we don't handle this right we've seen this movie before and we cut the 10 years earlier in cleveland and i knew bill was a coach in cleveland i did not know he he had this experience here where he cuts bernie kosar who had peaked got injured came back worse than he was and the city uh, is out for blood um art modell and belichick cut kosar but there's no there, there was no succession plan so you've done the first part right you cut the guy who's not performing but you're left in a situation i think pretty similar to what oakland had does right vegas had to do this year where they benched garoppolo but aiden o'connell was not an nfl quarterback and we're just go okay we're gonna keep riding him but he's not the guy and so take that but imagine you know vegas didn't like garoppolo imagine they did <laughs> And that's kind of what you have here, where you have, you know, a local hero in Bernie Kosar. And instead, um, the fans, uh, they have to put police in front of Bill's street where he lives. And he's talking about how his kids are having problems at school. And then two years later, because I was thinking, writing down in my notes, well, wait till they move the team. And they went, two years later, they yeah. move the team and they hang Art Model. And I didn't know, I knew about Art Model. I didn't know that they uh, did uh, hangings of Bill Belichick in effigy at that time and they do
1: Mm -mm. so no knowledge of this prior
0: this is the part where i go because i love sports and i love i love fandom and i love there's nothing that brings people together like when your team nation whatever it is wins and hope that's great but hopefully when it doesn't go your way you're able to compartmentalize that within the grand scheme of how important is this really and you don't do things like this i think hanging people in effigies you know several steps too far i think messing with someone's kids at school is two steps is far too many steps too far um i get passion but passion that's misdirected can be very harmful
2: yeah Uh, i I was surprised about the hanging effigy i I never knew about that like to see i feel like that would never happen these days i would hope not anyway
0: yeah you, you really would hope not yeah, we haven't had any sort of like. I guess I don't know. Like, Oakland took it pretty well when when the team moved to Vegas, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it wasn't
2: that
0: bad. Yeah, not that bad. Um. So, um. So we go back to two thousand one, and we get told this is the same situation here. So Bill's got to be right on this one, or else this is going to be it. And Belichick gives one of his sound bites on the thing that says the only thing you have in the NFL is your name and your reputation. That's it. And so I think he's he's aware uh, when he goes on because uh, you know he's like I am the guy who makes the football decisions. This is what we're going to do. And we go to them in St. Louis, and uh, Brady uh, in the middle of this controversy throws a couple of bad picks, and uh, we cut to Robert Kraft, who says we felt in that game that Belichick had let him dat let us down. And they lose 24-14. And I was sitting here going, because they don't mention until the next episode. I am sitting here going, hang on. This is the greatest show on turf, um, Rams. This isn't just random St. Louis team. This is the defending Super Bowl champions, I believe. One year removed. One year removed? Okay. Yeah. So, like, this is is a heck of a good team. So, to lose 24-14... Uh, with your guy who's starting is, I don't know, it's his like fifth start in the NFL or some nonsense like that. Like, it's yeah, I, I felt maybe it was, mostly plus, uh, Kurt Warner threw for 401 yards in that game. So, you know, maybe there's times when someone costs you the game, and there's times when the other team just beats you, because they're just better on that day, and it seemed like this was one of those.
1: Yeah. Did, yeah. I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but was it like Are they just focusing in on Brady for the sake of this documentary? Or do you remember it being one of those games? You know,
0: (sighs) my fandom at this time, like I'm still pretty casual. I knew, I knew of it. I was watching the highlights. I was doing that sort of thing, but I wasn't living and dying with it. But quarterback by its very nature is going to be when there's a quarterback controversy. It is the thing where that becomes the single point of conversation. Uh, Ryan, I'm sure, can, can testify. I mean, this year in New England, there was a quarterback controversy. Yeah. yeah. And it becomes the only thing worth talking about. You know, how was Mac Jones? You know, it was a time for, 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 for Bailey Zappi. Oh, Bailey looked good in the second half. He should be the second It just dominates everything as the single, because it's, the, if you want a situation where you can do a, a, a quick fix, it feels like, you know, a miracle discovery at quarterback can change a whole team's fortunes as situations like this prove. Yes, sir. so um, yeah. it becomes very tribal actually i'm I, I want this guy well i want this guy it becomes so it, if it does that with a fan base i think they're trying to get it across they could do it to a room as well so um we're left at the end of this episode where where um brady who threw for 185 yards a touchdown and two picks but we're left with close-ups on drew and Drew's got a little smug smile on his face, too. The right bastard he is. When he throws a second pick, he just sort of looks off to the side and smiles. And I'm like, and you can't blame him because if I was sitting there, I'd be like, yes, maybe I'm back in. You can't blame him for it. But he's still a bit smug there. You get close-up on Tom. You get close-up on Bill. As the voiceover from Robert Kraft says, the decisions coming out of that week will impact the future of football in New England over the next 20 years. And that's the end of episode one so we've reached our halftime show if you will (laughs) i got some questions i've got some little gimmick things i want to try here the first one is um episode one i've got a few things number one who who's getting the game ball and by game ball i mean who was the personality that seemed the the best or who was bringing you know the greatest amount of of positive who were you most invested in, maybe? And I don't mean based on what they did on the field, but the narratives they were presenting or how those narratives were told.
2: Uh, I would say uh, David Nugent, who was, came in with uh, Tom Brady. Uh, he had that footage that I'd never seen before. I don't think anybody's seen that before, and well, have that in, well, that inside well, yeah. information, like his competitiveness at the Techno Bowl, that sort of stuff.
1: Hermes. Uh, I don't disagree. I think out of a because I I feel like I have a prediction for how much time Bledsoe is going to get going forward. I might, I might want to give it to Bledsoe for this. It's just as like thank you for passing off the torch. You know, uh, I'm going to go
0: with Ty Law. I thought Ty Law was the best out of representing all the veterans on the team and kind of dealing with Tom came in and said the big Tom Brady speeches. And then here's how we dealt with it. (laughs) We were like, son, sit down. The defense will win us some games. Just don't get in the way. You can have your big speech. Just, yeah, sure, you're going to be the starter. I thought he was hilarious every time they cut to him. But there's a few veterans in general who I thought were really, really good. But Ty Law was my favorite. Uh, Was there someone who came off badly? Someone who fumbled the ball in this episode?
2: Ryan. Um i just say true Bledsoe. I can't really blame him for that bitterness, but that's shown just his bitterness of the whole situation. And again I can't blame him for it, the whole situation. I mean
1: fair. Uh I'm I'm gonna have to I don't know, go I I think it's uh I think it's craft, honestly. It's yeah. like you yeah, you see again I feel like you're just like the guy in the box just because you had the money to throw Again, I, do, I don't know a lot of the context and history. You know, he came from the city and everything, but as far as the first episode goes, like you just seemed like you were throwing money at stuff.
0: Uh, I'm with Ryan. I went archival footage, Drew Bledsoe. I went, and, and sure, they're hitting him at his professional low point. I fully get that. Mm-hmm. But, and you got to keep in mind, like they selected the people at Apple who put this together had swathes of footage and so they're able to select what they want to do to create the best narrative and they do create the young pup and the sort of bitter old gunslinger who's you know not happy they're moving on from him and that's fine you need a villain in this case he was the villain in the past tense the the present tense version of him was an absolute gentleman a yes. highlight of the night a story or a moment that was uh, most enjoyable
2: uh, I like the story with, like like you said, Ty Law, uh, when Tom Brady's saying he's not giving up that number one spot. And Ty Law's like, okay, young buck, your ass going back to the bench. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll jump in just to say, because I share your Ty Law thing, but mine is them yeah. fighting about who, who fleeced who on the apartment.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was good, too. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was my favorite part. Uh, Hermes. No, I, it was, was going to say the, the, the condo or the apartment, yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so indicative of that brotherly, like, no, it was me, no, it was you, it was me, no.
0: <laughs> I thought I was going to have to apologize for this next category, which I've called Omaha, Omaha, which is famously known as being a Peyton Manning thing, but in researching this, I found out a, an interview of Eli Manning, who says, Peyton stole it from Eli, and Eli stole it from Brady. So, as luck would have it, it works. So, (laughs) Omaha, Omaha, best soundbite. I'll lead off on this one. I've got Drew Bledsoe saying, "This is not the guy I was worried about." That was my favorite quote from from the episode.
2: Uh, Again, going back to Ty Law when he said, "You know, uh, this wasn't Tom Brady the goat we're talking
1: about." Yeah, I I think the uh, when he tells, yeah, when he's like, "Okay, anybody who thought he was going to lead us to greatness." Is fucking lying now because you know, we, we were, you know, that was never the conversation.
0: Before we dive into episode two, any thoughts on just what episode one did? I felt if, if you were an outsider who wasn't a diehard Patriots fan, maybe not even a diehard football fan. I think this first episode did a good job sort of establishing the narrative who the key players are and sort of immersing you in the world of the New England Patriots.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I, th- I think I introduced you to all the important characters, at least for this fir- first part of the dynasty.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's the thing with it being too uh, – My my memory just mashes it together. So I, I w- obviously you're way more organized with it, Ian. I I'm sure I'm thinking of bits and pieces from episode two instead of episode one as I'm recalling all of it together here. So I wonder, yeah, if it's, if that wasn't like the perfect way to do it was two episodes rather than just like one after another each week, or maybe all binged at once. I don't know, but it was a, it was, it was good. Nonetheless, both of them together. One at a time was good. Nonetheless.
0: Yeah. I think if you do five weeks, it's interesting as we, as we pivot, um, just talking about the sort of broadcast release schedule. If you drop 10 at once, it might be overwhelming and it doesn't get a chance to snowball, but 10 weeks is an awful long time to keep the public's interest for. I think five weeks is a really clever release strategy
1: different
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was also very smart to release it the week after football's over oh that's a good yes.
0: point yeah <laughs> yeah i'm surprised it wasn't promo during the the, the super bowl uh, i was watching the feed with the american ads i didn't get anything for it
1: so uh, yeah, i yeah i didn't get any either yeah I,
2: I don't watch Super Bowl, so oh wow. can't tell you. I, I had to work that night. <laughs> I was up till four. Oh, you said
1: that,
0: yeah. yeah. I was up till four fifteen in the morning. Jeez, <laughs> let's kick off the second half, episode two: the Snowball. The Snowball. If I'm being honest, a game I never saw. So I've heard a lot about it over the years. It was actually really interesting to dive into what I'd heard a lot of. I have a friend who's a very big Raiders fan, and so I've heard a lot of conjecture and anger over the years. So it was interesting to go ahead there. But uh, we we start off after a little bit of a recap of that St. Louis game. We, we go to the 2000 draft and Brady tells us he thought he might be a second or a third round draft pick. And we see all the quarterbacks, some of whom I couldn't even remember as players. I was like, is, it sounds like the name your Madden game comes up with when you just hit auto generate and uh, Chad Pennington being picked and the Jets fans getting super excited about it. But then we get some of Brady's family showing up. We see his sister, we see his dad and they say when he got to the fourth or fifth round, he went for a walk with a baseball bat, just sort of walking around the uh, the old neighborhood to make sure, uh, I don't know if he's going to smash some cars up or what, but he, something comes across, Tom Brady's got a bit of an anger problem.
1: Yes. <laughs> don't they say Brad or something when they're introducing this specific portion? It's kind of like a, what is it? Like middle-class Brad or something? I was like, yeah, it kind of comes up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, Uh, yeah, I guess like Michael Jordan also had sort of uh, statements about that. You know, he was so committed to winning that anything less he would get really, really angry about. And he goes for a walk, but then we actually get to go inside the war room. They have footage of them saying, are we making the call? Let's make the call. Yeah, let's go with it. And they pick Brady because he's the, you know, he's the best player available there in the sixth round. And Belichick tells him, we're excited to have you. Sorry to make you wait so long. And he's even got a personality. When he's 50 years old here making the draft pick. So Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: that would get removed as he gets success. He has to sell for each Super Bowl win with a little bit of his personality. (laughs) Not much left. (laughs) So after the draft, Brady says, hey, look, no one expected to see the sixth round pick around on the team for very long. But Robert Kraft says, and this is the story we've all heard. A skinny beanpole came up to him and said, Mr. Kraft, I want you to know I'm Tom Brady. And Kraft says, yeah, I know who you are. You're our sixth-round pick from Michigan. And he goes, yes, and I want you to know I'm the best decision your organization has ever made. And that's the story, isn't it? We've all heard it a bunch of times, but, uh, man, did this guy write some big checks and cash every one of them.
1: (laughs) It's better because he cashed them. (laughs) And uh, we hear it, you know, because the amount of times I've heard this, and it's, you know— they're out their arm, they get hit. It doesn't matter. Like how many of those stories exist? I infinitely more, right?
0: Oh, and I bet you people who have heard this too have come up and done the same thing since and fallen flat on their face. <laughs> You know, I'm the guy who's going to be the guy this is all about. Okay, yeah, sure you are. Yeah.
2: I'm sure Mac Jones felt the same way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so he goes, yeah, all right, from your lips to God's ears, let's see. And uh, there we go, back to the Rams game. Um, and they finally acknowledge now St. Louis was the best team in the league, Bledsoe with the smug smile, and they asked Brady about his own performance. And uh, I'll tell you what, even his presence behind the, the podium, even though he's a kid, it feels like Tom Brady back there. He's in control of what he's doing up there. So I, I've always got a soft spot for an athlete who can, uh, who can sort of uh, hold his own on the microphone, so to speak. So uh, he says, you have to ask Coach Belichick about that. And Belichick, this is where he comes out to the press and says, look, it's my job to make the decisions on this team. And it would be so easy for him to have gone, I'm going back to Drew. There was pressure. I don't like it. The kids had a bad game. Let's just pivot back to the safe option. No one's going to fire me if we go back to Drew. But he doubles down and goes, no, nope, this is what we're doing. He is our starter for the rest of the year. And we cut to, uh, Do you ever watch Pardon the Interruption, Ryan? Did you know? Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: I, well, as a kid, I loved that.
0: Yeah. Man, did Michael Wilbon look young. <laughs> I was yeah, like, wow. yeah. Tony looked the same, but, <laughs> but Michael yeah. Wilbon looked really young. And uh, they both seem to pile on the decision. They're both going, what's the point? And the only guy who saying, hang on a minute, is Dan Marino. Dan Marino's going, you don't know. We don't know. There yeah. might be something else. You don't know
2: and i think that's the quarterback in him yeah yeah that's exactly
0: yeah yeah the the guy who's been in the room before the guy who knows what sort of things might come into play there yeah and uh and we meet this lovely crotchety old guy uh i don't know what his official position was with the patriots ernie adams he's he's an old friend and confidant of belichick who seems to go with him wherever he goes sorry did i cut you off army's
1: no, no, it was like research. I, I'm trying to remember the title as well. It was uh, something, it was like data researcher or like research manager, data analytics or something like that. Yeah. Which is basically like what you were talking about earlier, Ryan, with the money ball. It was like basically a numbers cruncher, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so uh, he's like, if you're not in the building, you don't really know. And my favorite part of this episode might have been they show this old photo of the two of them together in Cleveland and Belichick's <laughs> got a haircut like a beetle. <laughs> he's yeah. a beetle or a monkey and i'm like there's no the guy i've I, old crotchety bill belichick with the sleeveless hoodie there's no way he ever looked like that <laughs> uh we cut to 1993 drew bledsoe's rookie year showing some midriff as a rookie running on out and they shoot him and whoever shot this shot it's like right in on his head it's filling the whole frame and he goes I don't really want to get hit, so we managed got to get it over with. And it opened up this discussion about Drew Bledsoe seems to be a quarterback who gets hit and hit a lot. Yeah. Uh, the old guy refers to him as a wildebeest under attack because as soon as he sees the incoming rush, he freezes. And they've chosen some great footage where, yeah, he sees him and he just braces for impact rather than try to play out of it or do anything else. He's just gotten used to the idea he's going to get hit.
1: And I- that's a conscious thing that you know he didn't realize was happening
0: yeah. well he wouldn't be the first young quarterback to get drafted to a team who probably should have also grabbed some linemen to protect him because it's a common thing that stud quarterbacks tend to get sacked a lot because you know the skill player you usually get those good offensive linemen in the first round when you took your quarterback so you, unless you've got one and if you had one the last quarterback probably wouldn't need to be replaced as easily so <laughs> it, it's the great irony
1: of the position and uh, and the great Wasn't it this uh, episode where they, where the uh, line mentioned like Brady's like uh, ability to like personalize, you know, communicate with everybody and get everybody in to, you know, and he was like, you know, you you treat us well outside the field. Like work that usually translates well to the field kind of thing. And it's a big team effort thing that I think the documentary does really well on highlighting.
0: I agree. I agree. And Scott Pioli says, hey, look, what happened during this thing is we learned who Tom was. So, you know, that whole, because it's not Tom's rookie season he does this. People think it's his rookie season. It's Tom's second season he does this. So he does sit for a whole year, if memory serves. Yeah. 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 So they, 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 they know who he is. They know what type of player he is. They know what kind of person he is. They don't know. They don't know where he's going to ascend to. Where's the ceiling? You don't know that because he's not getting the proper reps. But you got an idea, and we cut to Tom's childhood, and little boy Tom doesn't know what makes a good baseball player. The expos will help him figure it out when they, when they when when they draft him. Um, there's some shots of him in a Joe Montana 49ers jersey, and he was he was into sports, but more so into winning. We're told, and uh, we had this uh, mentioned about how he was driven to improve on his weaknesses. So someone said he wasn't very mobile, so he drew these five dots on the cement behind the house. I thought it was going to be a much more impressive looking thing. Than- <laughs> I'm like, oh, you got some sidewalk chalk and just drew some things. Okay. That's not nearly what you made it out to be, but okay.
1: Well, maybe he was out there for 10 hours. Who know? You know, maybe it became this obsession thing, maybe. but. Yeah, I agree. It was kind of underwhelming. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, And so we get Saints at Patriots, and they win 34-17, and Brady goes off for 254 yards and four touchdowns. And Belichick confesses here, Tom made him better because Tom was so prepared, it forced him to up his game as a coach. And this is really interesting because things got, I mean, even from my position in England, Ryan, things got ugly between Bill and and Tom towards the end. Heck, forget the season he left the last five years. It was yeah. a bit ugly. It seems like they're both into let's reattach that field because our stories are always going to be intertwined and it would be a lot better if we weren't talking shit about each other.
2: Right. right. I mean, even for years, the whole debate was like, is it Belichick who makes Brady or is it Brady who makes Belichick? Yeah. And, and you kind of find out here, like, they both kind of made each other better.
0: Yeah, and it was nice. They were both effusive in their praise for the other. Yeah. And it felt like without prompting, and that was, that was, that was a nice thing to see. It would be a real difficult one if they were just real bitter towards each other the whole time. Yeah. That would be a hard watch. <laughs> um, and so they said, hey, Tom says, we did football school. Morning, noon, and night, we talked football. And uh, there's lots of mutual respect. And uh, Brady says, Bill's belief in me made the team buy into me. So those things we heard in episode one where the team's going, yeah, sure, you're going to have this job. All right, kid. When Bill's so committed, it forces the team to go, all right, if, if maybe we don't see it, but Coach sees it, and, you know, we believe in Coach, so we'll, we'll, we'll believe in the kid. Right. And we find out they didn't lose another game the rest of the season, and we've got this great montage, and exactly what Hermes was talking about, where Tom, I think it's Tom, says football's a relationship business. And uh, we find out that he's joining the offensive line in their drinking contests, and there's some, even some great footage that I guess his roommate uh, got <laughs> of him fairly, fairly lit up. It seems one night, <laughs> um, and so, uh, and so th- there's a he's playing hard, and then he gets hit hard, and the music stops, and then he just pops. It looks just like some the sort of hit that took out Bledsoe. But Tom gets up, and you're like, okay, the, 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 there we have it. But it was that idea of it. If you take care of your O-line in the social stuff, they'll take care of you on, on Sunday on, on the field. Uh, but the defense rides them hard in practice, and you just get this one shot of someone going, fuck off, Brady. Oh, That's Mike Vrabel. And it's Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Up until 10 minutes ago, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. And he sits down, and it's the only line he has in this episode. Yeah, Tom was just fine. (laughs) And I'm sitting there going, every episode, I'm kind of going, who'd you get this episode? I wasn't expecting to see him. For some reason, I just thought Mike Vrabel was too big because of what he's done outside of this. I thought maybe he was, uh, but yeah, let's get the band together. And uh, we find out that the fact that he's such a rookie, not technically, but rookie is in the idea of he's such a young pop and no one's expecting him to lead them. And that lets this team be more of an ensemble cast than anything else. So like you watch the Kansas City Chiefs this year, it's the Patrick Mahomes show, right? And that's who's going to lead you and carry you. But this isn't, this is much more of a team identity because the defense is doing their thing. And, and the, the running backs are doing their thing. And so Tom doesn't have to be the guy. Every now and then he can chip in, but he's not the guy. And that, in essence, makes everybody a little bit of the guy.
2: But I like what uh, they want to add in a Terry. Yeah. He said it's our team, not Tom's team, not Bill's team. It's like Robert Kraft might own the team, but it's our team.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and he was having a little difference going, it is his team. But, yeah. in that, but in that way it's not a team it's our team yeah. I thought Adam Vincieri came off really really well actually in this yeah. episode yeah uh, and they're playoff bound and it's the first home playoff game they've had in 34 years and we get told the most memorable game in Foxborough history is the last game ever played there which is some great foreshadowing and uh, all the scuttlebutt hey you can check out the scuttlebutt podcast wherever you find out your podcasts were reputable and in this case disreputable podcasts can be found there you go there's a plug <laughs> all the scuttlebutt is about how the patriots can't win the the talk radios going they're going to get they're going to get slaughtered i'm like they are the higher seed they have the home game it's not like it's not like, you know, they were seven and nine and won the division and are up against some team who went 13 and three.
2: That's also, that's just Boston Sports Talk Radio in a nutshell. Even when the Patriots are winning, they lose one regular season game and the sky is falling. sky is falling. You, yeah. yeah, you turn the radio off for five minutes. And it's like, oh, this team's awful. We need a new head coach. We need a new quarterback, even in the best of times.
0: Toronto's that way. If I'm not, I'm not a Leafs fan at all. I'm a Habs fan, but uh, Toronto growing up there. Uh, yeah, they were the same when the Leafs would lose a game, even if they're having a great season. at the basketball, no basketball, you can win three or four, lose three or four games, and they'll be like, "Yeah, I think the Raptors still got a chance this year." But no, the Leafs—it's a band. Don't let your—it's the hope that kills you. It's—it's the, it's the thing you want more than anything else in the world. Yeah. So uh, we go to the snowball, a game I've never seen. And Kraft admits he said we tried to remove as little snow as legally. So. <laughs> He said, I'm not supposed to say that, but we did. And I love this because, you know what, sports is a little bit about this. Sports is a little bit one of those cheeky little advantages that you can sort of get. Lord knows we'll talk about that as the series goes on. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Michael Jordan famously said he used to take the ball and squeeze out a little bit of air when he had it by the sidelines. And I forget what team it was, but there was a... uh, there's a little string or something or a cable that would move the net on one end of of, of, of an arena floor and they would mess it. And I just love little stories where it's a little bit harder to win in, in, in the other team's barn, so to speak.
2: Yeah, It's true home field advantage.
0: Yeah, like a, like a real home field advantage. Like yeah. Baseball's the one thing that feels like it still has it because the stadiums are all so different. Yeah. The dimensions are so different, so you learn how to play your field. I just, I just love these sorts of concepts. So yeah, the Patriots are going, you guys are from Oakland. You have no idea how to play in the snow, we do. We're not moving any of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Talk about an advantage, too. <laughs>
0: oh, it's not a small one. Absolutely. No. <laughs> now, I'll say this: the, the Raiders—they—they they, they don't fold. They actually show up to play really quite well. Where a lot of teams really can't handle the elements, especially like dome teams tend to really struggle outside.
2: Damn, um, it can never.
0: Sorry. Hey, okay, man, you
1: can never win in the snow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's pretty cold.
0: <laughs> That's right. It's, it's, it, it, I forgot how tropical Boston was in comparison. <laughs> Sorry, Foxborough, Foxborough. Um, so Brady. Oh, so um, there's a great shot with the defense kind of doing their rallying cry. And I don't know who it was who was saying it, but they say, who here is a championship ring? And the response is no one. And he goes, yeah, I remember what the fuck we're fighting for. <laughs> And Brady think, goes. Sorry, go ahead.
2: I think that was Lawyer Malloy.
0: Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that defense. And uh, Brady promises Craft. He goes up to him and says, "Hey, it's Monday. I haven't made Sunday. I haven't made my usual promise. So here's my promise <laughs> today. We're winning today. We're winning today. <laughs> and they talking every advantage they can get. And it doesn't matter. It's all Oakland early." Brady throws a pick and they are struggling and it's typical Patriot storyline. They're down 10 points with eight and a half minutes left. And Tom thinks the season's over, but it's Belichick who comes up to him and says, Hey, come on, let's just get a touchdown. We're right back in it. And he sort of without he kind of goes, that kind of resets me. That kind of makes me go, Oh, okay. We're not done here. And uh, they go, no huddle instead, which takes all the shackles off. Tom, what do we go ahead? What are we doing? <laughs> And uh, there's a crazy ricochet catch. One of those catches where you go, I think uh, it's, it's later on they refer to maybe God's telling you you're not in control. But uh, maybe as a Patriots fan, we have a couple of catches that went against us in, in big games. Yep. I've, I, I've heard, I, I, I didn't know this was one we, we, we owed money on, but we did owe money on this catch. Because this ricochet catch was something else and something I can't believe I haven't seen before.
2: Yeah, I for- completely forgot about that catch. Yeah. So I on this.
0: And, um, and then Brady scrambles in for a TD. He's not really known for his uh, running capability, but he was uh, showing his wheels today. And then the key play, Brady gets hit from behind, and he fumbles. And Brady's going, that's it. We're done. I was so angry. What a way to lose out on a season. Every, te- every, every teammate they're talking to goes, oh, it's over. No one's protesting, and that would end the game. And the announcers say, there's no doubt it's a fumble. And then the referees look at it in the little blue video tent they had there. And they say, his arm is moving forward. Therefore, we treat it like an incomplete pass. So Tom says, hey, it felt like a fumble to me, but it's not the way the rule is written. And the rule is it's written at the time was forward motion is forward motion regardless of throwing intent. So even when he bails on the decision to throw the ball, the fact that his arm was moving forward negates the fumble regardless. It sort of by default becomes a, a, an attempt, even though there was clearly no intent for an attempt.
2: What a crazy rule. Yeah, yeah. I, so I remember watching this game. Okay. Okay. Um, I just remember that review felt like it was like 10 minutes long, just the replay over and over and over again. So how and, and old was, are you? How old are you yeah. here? I'm um, 12. Okay. So the snowball, this is the first game I remember sitting down watching start to finish.
0: That's a crazy first yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, La- yeah. Liam's first game ever is, is, the, is the Patriots come back against Atlanta. Uh,
2: another great game. <laughs> oh, all right. All right.
0: You should just, just stop watching football. You're not getting better <laughs> Yeah, that. That's yeah. it. So you're yeah. 12. It goes yeah. the Patriots way, which is the happy ending. Yeah. Is there a part of you that's going, I'm not sure we should. Like, I, I, okay, so we get the ball back. Kind of feels like we're cheating a bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, to be honest, I didn't know enough about football. Yeah. If the if the ref said it was a fumble, I was happy with it. Didn't yeah. think otherwise.
1: <laughs> Hermes, thoughts? Uh, I I don't remember. The game off the top of my head, I mean, (laughs) I wasn't following the Patriots unless they were playing uh, Denver. So I I remember, though, a lot of the discussion about like, yeah, forward momentum and a lot of these, especially when it came to when my team played, you know, my sister's team, my brother's team. Then it became, yeah, it was definitely, and he stopped and he controlled the ball and was going to do something else with it. That's not forward momentum. And I remember... Yeah, I remember uh, a lot of these. I don't know. Has has the rule changed? Since yeah, then? yeah. About yeah, I think about ten years ago they finally uh, changed. So basically,
0: okay. on account of this, like the legacy yeah. of this lives forever.
1: Right, like it's if you if it's for momentum and it gets the momentum gets stopped, not you stop and then decide something like. That's got to be the deciding factor because looking at the replay, yeah, the, you
0: you still have to look and go like he's clearly going for a pass as opposed no. to this where he goes and then clearly changes his mind and is bringing exactly. it back in.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Even when I watched, I was like, hmm, wow, that does seem. I can't believe it. It took him this long, or even this game didn't be. The, it wasn't the deciding factor like that very year. <laughs> now, <know>? I, <laughs> I will say,
0: as written, called correctly but man, if I'm a Raiders fan, I totally get why you're angry. <laughs> I
2: love, I love, I love the quote from Robert Kraft when he said, God bless Walt Coleman and the tuck. Rule. <laughs> <laughs> there we
0: are. Um, and so then all that happens and we're sort of getting told the, you'd think it would be Brady telling you the end of this, but it kind of pivots to Vinatieri. You're like, why are they doing this? And it's because that's what the game's going to do. It pivots. And he goes, Oh, and then all of a sudden I realized, Oh, I have to kick in this to tie the game. In a game where you can't see anything, like Belichick has to ask what happens to the kick because he cannot see it. And I'll tell you what the 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 cameras and whether we're low I mean, you got not they did a really good job of just emphasizing how heavy this snowfall is. Yeah.
2: And I, I remember that night watching the game and looking out my window
1: and seeing the road just completely covered in snow. Yeah. It was one of those big snowstorms. And, and imagine on the field, like you know what those lights do when you're on the field, when you're yeah. surrounded by those big lights to snow. I can't even imagine what the visibility would have been there. Well, the, on the ground,
0: yeah. There's also a shot like that, and what it does to your ability to uh, to control your feet. You know, the one yeah. guy on the on the drive. I don't know if it was the the drive of the fumble, sorry, not fumble, or or a drive of the um, the uh, quarterback sneak touchdown. But Brady throws to a guy who catches it, tries to spin to do, and he just his legs just go, and he just falls where he is. And so you, you can't see the yard markers, so you got to keep an eye out for the sticks on the sideline because, you know, you, you've lost your ability to see, to see the hashes. Oh, it's crazy. The kind of weather we're used to in Canadian football up, 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 <laughs> up north of the border. Not in Toronto. They have a dome because they're, uh, they're, they're, they're chickens like that, but uh, pretty much the rest of Canada. Uh, we, we go ahead and not BC, but everywhere else we, we 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 play outdoors. Um, so we do that. So there's a field goal to tie it up, and then there's a field goal in overtime. Now I didn't look this up because the rules for the overtime have changed several times since then.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I'd be wondering if this is the old school rules where if you just march down and kick a field goal, that's it.
2: It it is the old school rules.
0: Wow! So they didn't even hey, to yeah. touch the ball at all.
1: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> And I even mentioned that when I was watching with the wife. I was like, that was when you couldn't – it wasn't drive to drive. That was the first to score, I remember. Yeah, first was, to oh, score.
0: So typically if you won the the, the the coin toss, I think you won like 70% of games in overtime or some high number like
2: that, probably high. Yeah, you just get yeah, a field goal range, you kick it, and yeah. game over. Yeah. So you've taken
0: an
1: 80-yard field you've turned it into a 40-yard field. As uh, long yeah. as you get that, you're fine. Exactly. What was it uh, – that was like, I I can't remember if it was the Patriots or the Giants that did the like 63 yard. It was like the longest at the time. For, and and I, it was shortly after that that the first to score changed because it became, yeah, these kickers. Are, I mean, maybe it was Vinatieri. Like he was one of those kickers that could do like half the field. And it became, like you said, it was, you're not even, it's it's not even a fair competition if you win the toss. Like you're. Your field is one drive at the most, and then you're you know, one set of downs, and you're within range.
0: Oh, if I can sound like an old man for a minute. When I was in high school, I mean, like, the idea of a guy hitting 50 was like a, 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 a yeah. landmark moment if you get to 50. And now you've got guys kicking 64, 65, 66. And I'm just like, yeah, you got to do something because the game's just changed because the field's 100 yards. That, that ain't changing. So, like, you've just a – you've made like tw- – You've increased yeah. your distance by 15 17% that you can yeah. kick this ball. That's insane.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's it. And that's the game, and they're on to... They're moving on. The next week, we get a small snippet from next week's game. He's playing against Pittsburgh. I was like, "Oh, are they just gonna montage us through to the Super Bowl?" <laughs> nope. He gets hit low, and Brady's hurt, and that's where we leave episode two. So you have a snowball or a snow game. I always knew it as the, as the Tuck Rule game. So it's interesting, even in the way they branded that. You can clearly see kind of a legacy <laughs> of that game. Um, same sort of questions for the post game. Uh, who's getting the game ball, episode two?
2: I'm going to go with Ernie Adams. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really see, like, nobody really knew who he was till a few years ago. He was on another documentary because he's so behind the scenes, but he plays such a big role. And this whole dynasty.
0: He's great, too. He's like this crotchety old guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, rather than, like, your sports analytic guys with a computer going, oh, no, 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 no this is the guy you want, just this crotchety yeah. <laughs> old fella with thick-rimmed glasses. Yeah. A I'm having cigarette. a second to light up a pipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, <laughs> coffee from a filter pot that hasn't been changed in two days. That's, that's who you want in this sort of a, a documentary. Yeah, 1,000%. Uh, 1,000%
1: thousand percent, thousand percent agreed. Oh, is that you? Uh, oh, yeah.
0: Uh, it's weird. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna cheat and give out two. I'm going one for archival footage. Bill Bill Belichick for having the stones to say I make the decisions. He's here for the duration. Uh, and then Ty Law in the studio. I still think Ty Law gives the best sound bites on in, in the studio. He's so entertaining. Um, there was someone else in the defense who I thought might have been up there as well, but Ty did it. They're really featuring Ty Law in these sound bites, so yeah. I, I'm really here for it. Who fumbled the
1: ball? Hmm. that's a tougher one
0: yeah let me, so let me, let me, let me hop in because mine's easy mine's all the analysts who downplayed Brady. they love cutting to the analysts going yeah. oh he's a terrible choice why would you do so <laughs> you know we get to look back and go tee hee hee but yeah it's all these guys who tried to cut brady's legs out and i know that's going to continue even through to the end of this season that he'll play. Right. The, the the announcers just won't give him any credit, and I'm just like, <laughs> all right, I'm giving mine to the announcers. I think if there's a villain, it's them.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good show. I uh, mean, especially like you said, the superiority of it of the the we have as the audience. It's
0: so enjoyable to sit back and go, oh, you don't know what I know. <laughs> uh, highlight of the night uh, for me, anyway, it's the whole discussion about was it a throw. Was it a tuck? Was it a fumble? That moment, it felt big. It felt, it felt, which is what it's, app- it's all leading to that moment, but I felt they handled it really, really well. Even in the way, there's the story of Belichick's kid goes to the goes to the parking lot and then he hears a giant roar and he phones in and his dad's like, come back in. We're not done. Uh, it, <laughs> it was, it was a gr- I just loved the way that story was told.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know though if that's the, I, yeah, to me, because it, it, I wasn't like invested in it, so per se, especially, I could, I, you know, I could, I almost, almost honestly see the other side where I'm like, if I was Oakland, like, goddamn. Oh, that's for sure. That's, <laughs> and yeah. so, I, I don't know, like, so for the highlight, I got to say, like, the emphasis on like the home field advantage, the guerrilla warfare, if you will, <laughs> of the snow, <laughs> like, that is, that was a highlight to, and the way that they, you know, like you said, gave very a lot of varied shots to so you could get the sense of how thick this was. When they had the um, uh, the leaf blowers, you know, in the beginning, yeah. like to clear some of the markers, I was like, I've I've played in snow. That is the worst, so- the worst ever. And have Oakland come over from California <laughs> to play? <laughs> I'm like, I can't even. I would have been on Oakland. Seemed like, God damn it, this is one of those weeks. This so is no. Thing. So you have played American football for like, for like a
0: high school team or something like that, yeah?
1: Yeah. What position did you play? Six years. Uh, I, the, the best position I ever got, uh, I was all league for my state, was uh, outside linebacker. Wow. So I was defensive heavily. But I was, I was very fast. So, And the reason why I say I was better at linebackers is because I was very fast. So naturally, they put you at wide receiver, and I just didn't have the hands for wide receiver, okay. unfortunately. <laughs> so yeah, defense was definitely my game.
0: Ryan, did you play, buddy?
1: No, I didn't play. No? No. no I, a, I played baseball as a kid. Not very good.
0: Uh, Canada, um, our season was the same for uh, what you would call soccer. <laughs> um, and what we would call soccer, too, to be fair. Um, and, and the American football team was, was the exact same season, and I was, I was more committed to my soccer. But the coach was trying to get me, and I was the opposite of Hermes. I had hands, but I had, I had no speed. So they were trying to get me to come out to be to be a tight end, just tight like end, a, yeah. just, just 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 like a a possession guy. So do a little bit of blocking, grab the ball, bring it down. If you get three yards, giddy up. But yeah, I'm not getting any further than that. But, but I was a safe pair of hands, and that's what he was after. Because I, I also played goal, so I think that was the, the reason why he sort of chuck it up there. I'm pretty good at coming down with it. So yeah,
1: but uh, you could Gronk, you could have been a Gronk in the making. Could right? have been
0: <laughs> Gronk, Canada, Gronk, Gronk North. So, but, uh, <laughs> Um. Uh, what about this? Uh, Omaha, Omaha, best soundbite. For me, it's an oldie but a goodie. It's Robert Kraft telling the story about Tom Brady saying it's the greatest choice the organization's ever made. That's my soundbite, but there's lots of other ones
2: that could have been done.
1: That's a good soundbite. Uh, Ryan, did you get your highlight? Oh, sorry about
2: that, buddy. You uh, highlight. <laughs> I don't think my highlight was uh, just Tom Brady promising it went to Kraft. Those okay. are big words for your first playoff games. Yeah. Sure. And do you have a soundbite? Uh, yeah, it's going to be Ernie Adams saying... No, Drew Bledsoe looks like a, a wild beast under <laughs> attack. <laughs> and I think too, go, going back to that too, it's like this coaching staff is, is the second year. I mean, Belichick didn't bring Bledsoe in, so him and Ernie Adams are probably looking at certain things with Bledsoe that you know Pete Carroll and the old coaching staff may not have seen.
0: That's an excellent point. Uh, yeah. he, he inherits, yeah, he inherits this guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Kraft signs him to this giant, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez, and and then to win that battle, then.
1: Yeah. That's saying something, yeah. That's some of the respect, like you said, of Belichick, but also that Kraft actually respected his decision. Like, he hired him as coach, and then, like you said, he didn't actually He may have felt like he wanted to, but he that's 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 props.
0: Yeah, and he, and he tells Drew, look, I can put you back in there, but then what does that mean about your relationship with him? Do you ever feel like you've got his trust moving forward? What does that do? Whereas now he's made a decision, and we can hold him accountable for it. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's, 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 a, that's a brilliant way to sort of run the thing, yeah. yeah absolutely, yeah.
1: Do you have a soundbite, Hermes? I was I was stalling because I don't, uh, <laughs> don't even really. I mean, may, maybe. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't. I'll piggyback off Orion's of uh, <laughs> and say that was. I mean, maybe even the maybe even the announcers. Yeah, I mean, all, all of the audience superiority we have now to see it. Yeah, that's I guess oh, collectively the best soundbite there is.
0: What was that one you said, Ryan? From
2: Craft, God bless. God bless Walt Coleman and the Tuck Rule. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> the cut of get out of. This.
0: So that's really, I mean, that's the end of episode two. We're marching our way towards well, deeper into this. It's called Dynasty. I wonder how it's going to end for uh, Tom Brady this year. Um, but uh, we're sort of sitting there for for, for a little bit. Uh, I, I found the first episode was longer than the second episode, as these things usually are. I found thirty five minutes, thirty five forty minutes, nice length, getting get out. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'm I sitting here jazzed and ready for another double dose next week. Has anybody else's appetite been extinguished as a result of this? No, I'm,
2: I'm ready for more. Give me it all. I want it all. Yeah, yeah. but you and I yeah.
0: are just reliving our, our – yeah. Yeah. I'm reliving my 20s and 30s. You're reliving your, <laughs> your adolescence and your early adulthood.
2: And I will say, like, again, being from New England, it's like that even more nostalgia with all the newscasters that you new know, newscasters. I'm like, Oh, that's Bob Lavelle, the sportscaster. I, I miss those days. So yeah. It's, like, I'm, so it's even more. Yeah.
0: I'm getting nostalgia. It's Jackie McMullen from around the Horn, yeah. and oh, it's Bob. Yeah. It's Bob Neal from, uh, from the Boston globe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's great. Hermes, are, 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 you, are you ready to drop out of this or are you still with us for, uh, for, for, for the
1: duration? Uh, I, well, yes, I am with you for the duration. um, But it's funny enough that uh, The Last Dance, um, I liked that it was uh, on Netflix that I could binge it because I don't think if it was a weekly thing, I would have seen the full, I would have dropped out after like episode one, maybe two, you know, it wouldn't have invested me the same way because basketball wasn't my game. This immediately is one of those that, uh, you know, I don't get nostalgia for missing the game, but there is like every high school senior, every college senior is like, you have your last game and you kind of, you don't notice it at the time and you never do. And they always like mention it. you're never going to, you're never going to put these pads on again. You know, yeah. you're never going to get another chance to do this again. And you're not going to know it until it's gone, blah, 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 And then see reliving some of that, seeing this now, I'm like, wow, man, what, what a sport it was. And what a, and so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm invested. Like I said, oh, I, I don't go. even drink during the week. And I just like, I need a beer and hang out with the guys <laughs> talk about, I I, I, I fucking hated the patriots for so long but give credit where it's due that was me in the last
0: dance man i hated the bulls when they were doing their thing because 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 i hate dominance and i remember talking to a buddy of mine uh who was a big patriots hater and then i don't know a few years before brady ends it i said to him i said look i know you hate brady i know you hate it because they always win have you ever thought about going you're never gonna see this again you really aren't this is something special And then he kind of pivoted and went, he sort of adopted a more, just an appreciation. It's not his player, it's not his team, but every time they went for a run, he went, this really is something I'll never see again. It is interesting to hear you talk about your nostalgia being linked to, A, your hatred of the Patriots, but then also some nostalgia that comes from the idea of being on a team. And having that camaraderie, and having even some of the points you've made today, have sort of linked to that side of it. Whereas mine's all, you know, me watching my my, my TV and talking with my buddies about the games. You've got a frame of reference that I actually can't access.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's why it fell off the way it did. And like I said, i I'm, I'm was surprised at how invested I was. I was. Like you know, it just came out of nowhere. It was it was so it's really well done of a documentary. I definitely would say. I mean, even anybody who's. Maybe not a Patriot fan. Check it out because like The Last Dance, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah,
0: because they're definitely still heroes. They're they're still the plucky underdogs at this point. There's no – that other stuff's got a long time to develop still.
1: (laughs) Just like you said, that team, though. I mean, the documentary does a really good job of not just saying, hey, Brady was a great player. It's like everybody fucking knows that. It's like, but this is why it was a great team and why it's a dynasty, not a Brady team. It was, it was, the, it was Belichick. It was the fact that blah so got it. It was a lot of these things, and it's it's good to see it.
0: And I love they're going to build it up, and you got to build it up before you can tear it down. I think I'm here for both parts of this. It's going to get real soap opera <laughs> later on, but right now let's have the love story before the marriage starts to break apart. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: So I guess with that in mind, we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll get uh we'll we'll get out of here on this. Um I want to thank Ryan and, and Hermes for, for joining me. I didn't really know how this was gonna look when we first started. Uh uh thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Uh looking forward to doing this again when they drop another couple of episodes. Uh outside of that, go ahead and check out the stuff we're coming out on. Best film ever. We usually do movies and not uh football and sports documentaries. But uh, I know this coming week we're doing her. Her, the Spike Jones film. So looking forward to that. Never seen that before. Much like the Tuck Rule game. So who knows? Maybe I'll be just as invested in the minutiae of that. Uh Ryan, I'm gonna ask you to help me out on this because Hermes has done it a bunch. So I'm gonna see if you can <laughs> help get me out. We'll do the rundown same order we did coming in, and then uh if you'd join me on the echo, I'd love that. So uh please join us next time as we continue to dissect the dynasty here at Best Film Ever. Four the aforementioned best film ever. My name's Ian. My name's Ryan. And I've been Hermes. And Hot Hot will catch you on the flippity flap. Flippity flip flap. Huzzah. Hey!